Hey, thanks so much for being here. I really appreciate that you took time out of your day to put your attention towards this episode for the next hour or so. It means a lot to me that you're here and I hope that you've been, you've been enjoying the previous episodes and I hope you enjoy this one. If you have, I really appreciate if you stop over to Apple Podcasts and drop me a review. That really helps me reach more people and I really want to continue doing that because this is not only my journey, but it's my opportunity to share my personal lessons along the way so that you can gain a sense of awareness and insightfulness, education, entertainment, and I'm an open book. So if you have any questions or want to talk about anything that I've talked about or have any topics that you want me to talk about, feel free to reach out to me on Instagram. I'm happy to have that conversation with you. And I'm excited to have you listen to this next episode. This is one where I've been wanting to do for a little while because Kurt and I usually have these pretty insightful, in-depth conversations about relationships and life and our experiences. And we're pretty open with each other with, you know, how we've navigated through this and the lessons we've learned. So I wanted to share one of these conversations with you on one of our date nights. I thought it would be very personal and real and show you that some of the things that you've probably experienced or maybe you are experiencing it now and you don't know what to do about it or you're looking for some sort of answers to any situation in your life and I'm hoping that this episode can can give you a little bit more attention to that as we openly share our relationship lessons, or more so he, because, you know, I joke a lot with him because he's, this time with me will be his third time being married. And I make fun of him because it's very similar to Ross Geller, which is why I named the episode I did because of the relatability to that. And then also, he has a lot of similarities with Ross Geller and... We could talk about that another time, Um, but I want you to know that even though you've had, if you've had many relationships or you've been married more than once, it doesn't mean that you, you're never going to do it again. And I asked him this after this episode, I forgot to do it on air, but I asked him like during that time, have you ever thought that maybe you just shouldn't get married anymore or, you know, say to yourself, I'll never get married again. And sure, like he has, but he said he can't put himself in that mindset because he was still hopeful that he would find the one. So I want you to really think about your relationship history. And if you are thinking that, you know, you're never going to date again or you're never going to get married again or anything like that, I want you to really get clear with what you want because It doesn't mean that you don't have to do it again. It just means you have to be more aware of the situations you put in, you put yourself in. Because, you know, the one that you're looking for does exist. That relationship that you are creating in your mind, it does exist. There's somebody out there who wants the exact same thing and and will go through that with you, wants to grow with you, wants to create a life with you. So I don't want you to get up, give up. We talk about a lot of topics in this episode and a lot of it is, you know, really unpacking those conversations about what it means to become a man. And ladies, I want you to know the difference. And I'm sure you do the difference between a boy and a man and what it takes to be one. And he goes into some to a very serious conversation where we talk about this. So I'm excited for you to hear that. And Kurt, if you're listening, I want to thank you for doing this with me because I put you in a very vulnerable spot. And I really appreciate your honesty and eagerness and just, you know, being open to doing this so that hopefully it can help somebody. So thank you. And I hope you enjoy it. Thanks so much.
All right, we're just gonna get into this because I'm super nervous and we need to just start. So I'm sitting here with my fiance, Kurt, and we are gonna be having some fun conversations, first time ever for you, so welcome. Hi, everybody. <laughs> so this is fun because, so we're sitting here on a random Sunday drinking some wine and I have been wanting to have these conversations with you on air for quite a while because I feel like whenever we start chatting about relationships, love and all those things, they're like really good. There's some good stuff there. Yeah, we do have some really good conversations and then after we have the conversation, we're like, Jen, we should have recorded that. <laughs> yeah, we should have. So for some background information, you and I met last February before the pandemic started, like just before. Just before, yeah. So February 2020 and I I don't even know if I've ever asked you this, but like what was your life like before you met me? Like where were you in life? What were you focusing on? What were you looking for? Um, I would say right before I met you, I went through probably a life transformation when it comes to how my outlook on what I wanted in my life, especially when it came to relationships. Um, I really started to focus on getting tr truthful with myself, I would say, and what I wanted in life. Um, I had a very bad pattern of, you know, um, jumping into relationships right away when I wasn't ready. Um, some people have issues where they, they can't be alone. So I, I, I think all my relationships, as soon as I ended a relationship, I was back into another relationship within a month to three months. And so I never really found myself or got clear with what I wanted. I knew in the back of my head what I wanted, but I didn't get really truthful and clear. So I was on a journey, um, probably at least six months of focusing on several aspects of my life with my physical, physical aspect, my uh, mental aspect. I was doing a lot of meditating, meditating daily, um, watching um, some really cool inspirational videos on getting clear and manifesting of what I want, and then really getting clear on what I wanted in a relationship and a woman to the point where I wrote a letter and wrote it all down exactly in detail of what I wanted in a woman, uh, what she looked like, what her attributes were, um, her aspirations and her career and all that kind of stuff. And so it, it gave me a really clear focus of when I was kind of filtering through wit and doing to the, got, when I got to the point I was ready to do the dating process it made it very easy to filter out the mm -hmm. women I normally would have just fall right in back into my normal self with. And when, you know, when a woman shows me all these red flags right off the get go, my old self would be like, whatever. You're just filling the void. So just, let's go. Just go with it. Yeah. Yet this time around, I was like, I'm not doing this ever again. And as soon as one of those red flags showed up, I was like, I'm out of here. See ya. Mm. So I just didn't like have the time to even dedicate to that part anymore because it, you were so clear around this this version of this woman that you were trying to um, attract. Yeah, like I was very focused on, I guess it came down to what a wake up call for me was when I wrote down exactly what I wanted in life, what, what, what I wanted my life to look like, but more importantly, specifically, the woman that I wanted and how she was gonna be my ideal person that I wanted in my life as a partner. And then I looked at that person that I wrote on a piece of paper and looked at myself and said, am I the person today that's going to be able to attract that woman? And if the answer was no, what did I need to work on to become that person to attract that woman? And I guess that's what I was trying to say. My whole journey, at least six months prior to meeting you was to become the person I needed to be to attract that woman that I wanted on, on paper. The, the woman that I envisioned. So that's what I did. So I took a real step back from, you know, constantly looking for the next relationship and focus more about on becoming the person I needed to be to attract that woman. 
And then you showed up. <laughs> <laughs> One random mm. Saturday night on Tinder. Yeah. <laughs> I love hearing that. And the letter that you wrote detailing who, what type of relationship and woman you wanted. I did the same thing on the same night or the same day. I did mine during the day and <clears throat> we found out you did yours that same day that night. And when we compared both of them, it was like, I think both of us just kind of like, <laughs> like laughed because we're like, that's me. Like that is, that is so crazy that that happened. And for additional information, like you are 12 years older than I am and you weren't even living in the same area that I was in. We were a couple hours apart. So to attract one another at that very time, place moment with these like similar aspirations and goals and like manifestations in our mind was like it's so crazy that once you get clear like you really can have it yeah you can you you it's the i want to i always have a hard time saying the word but word but neurolinguistic neurolinguistic yes yes so when you get clear and what you want and you're, you're constantly filling your mind with what you want. Things that come at you daily that are completely opposite or negatively affect what you're actually going for, you tune them out. Mm. So you're, and that's the whole thing when it comes to manifesting and you can, or, you know, if you believe in this or you don't believe in it, it is a real thing where when you get clear what you actually want in life and you're continually, continually focusing on it and being positive about it, you tend to filter out all the negative things that come at you on a daily basis. And when you, when you make those daily decisions, these, those very small daily decisions of whether to not go on a date on this person or talk, give your time in the evening to text this person that you don't know that you just met on a dating app, <clears throat> but you know they're wrong for you, but you're giving them their time just because you, oh, you think you can change them and they're going to mm. be somebody that you want them to be. Yes. It stops all of that when you get very clear in what you want. It makes it even more clear on what you don't want. So when you focus on that, all these other negative things that try to interfere with your goals in life just kind of fall to the wayside. And that's really what manifesting is. Mm. So you always, like, you haven't always been, like, geared toward this. So let's talk about, like, your past dating patterns or the past lifestyle that you still eat, how, what was like the turning point for you that decided like, okay, no more, or like, I've had enough of this, or you just like, what, what was it for you that led you down this path? I, I could write a book on, <laughs> on what's happened with me over past relationships, um, all the ups and downs and how many long-term, I mean, so, I mean, I've been married twice. Uh, my first marriage, I don't even really consider it a real marriage. It was one of those things of a movie where you meet someone, know them for a week or two, and you fly to Vegas and get married. Um, I've had a lot of, uh, I want to say a lot of long-term relationships. So I guess what I was saying with me, I had a very bad pattern of I didn't want to be, a, didn't, didn't want to be alone. So... I would immediately, if I end a relationship, I would immediately get involved with another one. And even though all the red flags were there and there's a lot of issues in, in, that, in the relationship, I stuck with it for months or years because I didn't, I don't know if it, it was an abandonment issues or what it was. I felt it was better, better off being in a, not a healthy relationship versus being single. Hmm. Did you think that eventually this person would turn into, you know, this dream relationship that you'd wanted if you just stuck it out longer and longer? I don't know. Like, I mean, I guess sometimes some of them for sure. But I mean, I know a lot of the relationships that I was in, they were, whether they were long term or not, most of the time, you know, you're sitting beside this person, but you're actually envisioning somebody else. Um, 
whether it's not an actual person, but you're just envisioning like a different type of person, a different type of person on what or what you really, what you really want the relationship to be like. And I fell into that trap for so many years and so many failed, you know, when you invest months or years into somebody, it take really takes its toll on you emotionally, uh, financially, um, in every aspect of your life, you get involved with these people, you get involved with their families mm-hmm. and it ends abruptly. Um, and it's like, you got to start all over again. And I've done that for so many times. Finally, I was just like, you know, when I hit, you know, mid forties, I was like, I said, I can't do this anymore. My life, I can't be jumping around with a relationship, relationship and marriage after marriage. And finally, after the last one, I was like, what is wrong with me? I started to look in the mirror and I was like, seriously, is there something seriously wrong with me? Like, what the hell? Why are all these women leaving me? And they all had a pretty common denominator. And, and at, the, at the end of the day, it was me. Mm. I was choosing the wrong women. I wasn't stepping up to the plate and being the man that they needed to be. That Sorry, that they wanted wanted to have in the relationship as to be a man. So the, the last relationship um, that ended, I was like, I, it hit a turning point where I was like, never, I'm not doing this ever again. So that's when I was like, I gotta get I gotta get very clear on the woman that I want and like I said so I wrote it down and I said am I the man today that's gonna attract that kind of woman and I wasn't so I did some serious cleaning out the closet doing some homework and investing all the time I had into myself I feel like that takes like just you saying that like that takes so much vulnerability and like self-awareness to say like these are my faults. I can't do this again. And I don't want to do this again because a lot of people don't do that. They don't take that inventory of the things that they need to clean up. Then, then that, and then that like is the repetition of these patterns and relationships that keep occurring in their life. So the fact that like you were so aware that you didn't want that to happen again, like that is like the, that is what I feel like women want more of a man and we touched on this earlier but I want to bring it back to where are all the men <laughs> yeah that's a that's a really big rabbit hole that we can go down for hours and talk about what's happening in today's society with men but I mean if I was to try and touch on some key points if if your women audience are wondering like where all the men are um it really boils without going in to try to get too deep into it. I feel it really boils down to starting from when kids, especially in their adolescence age, from the age of 12 to 17 of having fatherless homes. And you know, there's, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with a single mom raising a son on her own. She's fully capable of doing that. But at the same time, um, a boy doesn't become a man without having a father figure in his life. He doesn't know how to act. He doesn't know how to be a man. You know, we find, especially during those adolescent ages where it's very confusing for him and he doesn't know how to act, how to be around women, how to respect others, how to be a, you know, a member of society that really needs that father figure to show him how to do that. And that's why I feel like with you know with a marriage uh, divorce rate of over 50% we have a society that's full of single moms that are trying to do everything on their own they're raising these boys who they're doing a very good job at it but they still don't have a father in life to show them what it mean, how to be a man right and these men don't know how to step up because of their past patterns or no one is showing them how to do it Right. So, I mean, this, is, this isn't something that's happened in, like, in the last 10 years. This has been a, a very slow progression over decades now, over generations. So you run into a situation where now we're getting multiple generations of fatherless homes. And even, even, if, even if there's a fatherless home that the, the father's still involved 
with with um, you know say there's joint custody custody whatever it is maybe that father grew up in a fatherless home mm. they don't even know how to be a man so if that person who's tr- trying to be a father they don't even know how to be a man you know it, it's a very bad pattern that's starting to become more and more apparent and when you top that off with men like I don't want to get on this thing about like you know sexuality and you know there's a whole rabbit hole we can get into with this but if we're talking I'm talking strictly men who are attracted to women mm-hmm. who, like a norm sorry not normal but a traditional yeah man they it's in today's world society that everything is stacked against them in society because first we you know with this whole me too movement mm-hmm. um the whole toxic masculinity men are so afraid to be men so you have these boys going through adolescence without a real father figure or if they did have a father figure it's not really like active in their life or something very active and show them how to be a man and how to treat women and how to treat their own children when they have them but with the news media and social me- social news media social media everything around this whole thing about the me too and toxic masculinity and a man can't show his normal aggressive and it's not even I won't call it aggressive behavior because it's actually normal behavior for a man but just being a man you know saying speaking his mind doing the, doing what men do mm. you know taking control in a relationship and when I say taking control of a relationship I'm talking about grab a woman's hand and walk down the street with her put your arm around a woman if you want to kiss a girl kiss her yeah, that's really lacking, I think, in today's um, dating scene, I want to say. And I hear a lot about this from, you know, female friends of mine who come to me and ask, how do you date? And where are all the men? And they talk about what men are saying to them and they think it's a joke. And I think the perception of what men view dating as and what or what men are looking for for women and what women look for for men are completely opposite and we don't understand each other. And that's where I think the confusion starts. Because like we are all like use my own example when I am when I was looking, I guess for you, um, when we met, I was coming across all of these um, profiles of guys with no shirts or guys with just like just the things that they were they, that were being said in their profiles that was a huge turnoff and I stated in my profile that I was very clear on what I was looking for and I wasn't going to settle for less and some guys approached me as like either oh well I can't give you everything I want or everything you want so I'm not even going to bother and it's like well why did you even message me or guys that message pictures of like you know the whole dick pic things or um pictures of their abs and thinking that that's going to get a girl and it's not so how does that play a role in that whole conversation that you were just talking about with men with exactly men don't know how to be men what i mean there's when it comes to the whole online dating thing with you know the the dick pics and the shirtless selfies those it Again, those are, those are, I would say those are coming from the whole not having the proper father figure in your life. These are people probably their 20s and 30s. They're doing these shirtless selfies and sending you dick pics. And sure that works for like a, a temporary, like casual thing. But if you're serious on there looking for something and you don't know what you want, you're giving mixed signals to the other person because that sort of insecurity and lack of confidence shows up and like women can sense it, I think. Yeah, like those guys have it completely backwards and that's the thing where men are very, men are very visually orientated when it comes to sex and that's why the whole like... Or when it comes to women. Yeah, when the, sorry, yeah, when the whole, like the whole... (laughs) You just proved it. (laughs) (laughs) When the whole like, you know, when it comes to 
um, clothes and makeup. Like the industry is designed to make women look more beautiful to attract men because men are attracted visually. Right. <clears throat> so, excuse me. So men are attracted visually. And because of that, because men are attracted to what, how a woman looks, they feel if the man, if I look good as a man, that's going to attract the woman. But really, it's the completely the opposite. Mm. And that's how these boys don't understand these, you know, boys trapped in man's bodies don't understand that, you know, standing in front of a mirror and showing my abs or sending you a dick pic is not going to get, get you all excited and want, want to sleep with me or marry me. Right. And it's completely the opposite. It'll actually turn you, most women would turn them off. You know, like what really women really want, they just want a man to make them feel good. Right. And it's not based on looks. Like <clears throat> at all. Like, I guess to some degree that the attraction is helpful. Yeah. I mean, obviously a good looking guy is going to get some more attention. But at the end of the day, if he's got, you know, if he's not. If he's an asshole and arrogant yeah, and, and. If he's an asshole or he can't make you laugh or he just doesn't have his shit together, he's not going to attract the women. That's why we were talking about this earlier, how you can find. You see these people in relationships where the woman's a 10. 10 out of 10 good-looking woman and she's with a guy who's maybe a 5 or a 6 just an average-looking dude with a dad bod and like he's... Yeah, rocking it. And they're completely... In love. love and happy. And she think, thinks he's like the sexiest guy ever. And, you know, it doesn't... It's when it comes to sexual attraction, women... Women get turned on by their emotions. So they need to be... They like to know whatever... They need to have the man to make them feel a certain way to be turned on by him. Whether it doesn't matter how, what, what he looks like. Mm -hmm. So if he makes me feel good, he makes me laugh. That's going to turn her on. That's going to, that's the attraction. Not the six pack abs and, you know, chiseled chest and all that kind of stuff. You know, <clears throat> sure that works with some people, but it's very superficial. Right. And it, it probably won't last oh it doesn't last right it'll just be like a temporary thing or whatever the case is that's so interesting so when we met last year pre-pandemic we were doing a very long it wasn't even a long distance i wouldn't even say we were in a long distance relationship would you say that <laughs> was long distance yeah well were we? I, sort of i mean we weren't like Say like, oh, hey, what are you doing? Let's go hang out. It's not like we could just like... Right. We were like two, two and a half hours away <clears throat> from each other. Okay, so like kind of. So a couple hours away drive one way. Right. So really, if we wanted to hang out, it was an all day thing because it's like four hours of driving, a couple hours together. It's an entire day. Right. So when we first met and we were hanging out and getting to know each other, our dates weren't like one day after the other. It was like spread out over weeks at a time. Like there was a couple weeks where I didn't see you. <clears throat> and I remember like at the beginning of our relationship or I guess the beginning of when we were getting to know each other, we both came at it at a very like authentic, natural, we weren't forcing anything. It was just going to like roll out naturally. If we liked each other, great. If we didn't, we were just going to, be open and honest from the very beginning and not play those games that we're both used to because like we both just did not have time for it. And our dates were very spread out and they weren't like, I look back and I'm so grateful for our dates because those are the ones that we really got to know each other because they weren't like the traditional, like sitting in a restaurant at night dates. They were day dates where we like hiked together or went on a picnic or like you you made the effort to drive it was like five hours in a day just to see me and it wasn't like a, a sleep overnight it was like you're waking up at 9 a.m which you're not a morning person <laughs> to drive out around 10 or 11 to be with me for a couple hours and then be home by dinner like that was like our dates for the first like month or so of us knowing each other and it's so backwards from what I'm used to. Oh, for me too, but that was also, I purposely wanted it that, well, I shouldn't say I wanted it so that we only saw each other once in a while. 
what I was gearing towards was I purposely did it so I didn't want to have sex right away. Mm -hmm. um, because, well, for one, I want to be very clear on the person. If I'm going to be invest investing all this time, because we are a couple hours apart, mm -hmm. if we're going to be investing all this time because it's time and it's money, gas back and forth and taking an entire day to travel and meet with you. I wanted to make sure that you were going to be the one that I want to keep investing time into. Right. It wasn't just going to be a fling. <clears throat> and I've done, I think everybody's done it where, you know, you sleep with someone on the first date or the first couple dates and all of a sudden the relation, entire relationship starts basing it, gets based around sex. At least for the first three months, you start having sex like rabbits and everything's great. But then... Sex doesn't last forever, where it's like, eventually... You have to like the person. You have to like the person. <laughs> right. You know, you can't you can't mask a bad relationship with sex, because eventually the sex is going to wear out, where you're like, I don't even like this person, but yet I'm still having sex with them. You're investing all this time into them, so... It was very purposeful on my part that... Um, I mean, I don't think we had... I don't think there was any opportunity to, but I think because both you and I were very clear from the beginning on like what we wanted that kind of like set the intention of the whole like how we were going to go into getting to know each other and I mean we hung out for like a month or so and then you officially asked me to like be your girlfriend and I thought that was like nobody does that <laughs> like and I feel like it's such a like it's such a easy thing to do to like set the standard of the relationship where like I have been in relationships where like they've never asked to be my boyfriend or anything it was just like a oh well all of a sudden we're living together all of a sudden we're like together and they just assume so I just thought it was a very like I guess manly thing to do to like initiate that kind of conversation it, instead of just expecting like oh we're just we're hanging out so I'm assuming we're together it was like no like I want you and you were very like you set the standard for our whole relationship right there yeah but the whole I guess the word would be courting mm -hmm. the whole like courting a woman is to that I, I feel that the whole the whole manly thing where you see those little romantic rom-com movies where the man courts the woman he ch and there's a I was about to say chase but there's actually a very big difference between chasing a woman and pursuing a woman mm. and that's a big that's a big problem in today's society too I think too many men are chasing women and not pursuing them and that's the difference too between a man and a boy a boy chases a girl a man pursues a woman there's a very big difference. So when a man pursues a woman, he is making it known that he doesn't need her in his life. He wants her in his life. And that, that the difference is when a boy chases a girl, he makes it the, to presume that he needs her. Hmm. That I need you in my life. Like you're the most beautiful woman. I need to have I can't you. live without you. I can't live without you. I, what can I do to get you? Like, I'll do anything for you. Please come and... You be know, with me. Be my, please be with me. Come live with me. Do this. Do, I'll do anything for you. And buys your things. And, you know, and gives up to every whim of Tasha. Oh, can you do this for me? Oh, yeah, no problem. I'll, I'll drop everything right. for you. A man would be like, no. Like, I'm going to do these things for you because I want to do them. Not because you're asking me to do them. And he just will do those things. Or, or he's not going to drop his everything he's doing at that moment to go and be with her. Right. Because at the end of the day, us women just want a man to sweep them off their feet. <laughs> <laughs> like, seriously, we just want some... Like you said earlier, like, we don't need anything. We don't need gifts. We don't need expensive things. We just want you to grab us and kiss us. Hold our hand in public. Occasionally cook us dinner. And make us feel like we are the most important person in the room at that time. Like, instead of looking at your phone or, you know, you set those 
times aside for that person. And I think that was like one of the best things that you and I did without even realizing it because I've never really done this in a relationship before where we had like consistent date nights where that time was just you and I and it wasn't like rushing through dinner and then like getting on with our day. It was like, no, like after five o'clock, we put our phones away, we are cooking dinner and we're going to set this like whole experience for one another and like take that time to getting to know each other because I mean, you and I have only, only have been together for a year and I could say that we don't really know each other, but I could also, I want to say that like, I want to spend every day getting to know you better. Like, I don't want to just, I don't want to feel like, oh, I know everything about you. Like it's boring now. Like, I just feel like every single day is like an adventure and we've set that standard from the very beginning, which I haven't really done in relationships before, which has been such an eye opener. Yeah, I haven't either. Is that real? It's about really investing the time into each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it really does come down to putting yourself first. Like what you said at the beginning, where you were really focusing on yourself to attract the person you wanted. And then like I was doing the same thing and I always come back to and which I enforce now is like just like putting yourself first and then the other people next because that is when you're gonna fulfill that best version of yourself for them and learning to be with yourself and learning to date yourself and learning to like learn about yourself so that you can perform your best for that person because if I hate being with myself or I hate like whatever with myself how are you gonna love those parts exactly you need to be able to love yourself and be comfortable with yourself before you can be comfortable with somebody else. And my biggest advice to your women audience would be like to number one, stop sleeping with men early on in a relationship because soon as, as soon as you sleep with a man, you're giving up the entire power of the relationship. Mm. And it sounds silly because We've all done it. Women, well, it sounds silly when I say power because women do have the power when it comes to sex, especially in this society that calls for men or toxic masculinity where I can't even like grab you and kiss you if I want to. Right. Because I'll report you. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, that's why, you know, women hold the power of sex. But as soon, as soon, if you really want to be um, serious about getting a man in your, the, the right man that you want in your life, do not sleep with him right away. And yes, there's relationships where you sleep with a man on the first date and they live happily ever after. But I would say most of the time, if you sleep with a man right away, all of a sudden the relationship all becomes nothing but sex. He's going to want nothing but sex every time he sees you. Every time he looks at you, he's just going to have sex with you. And then then the relationship becomes about sex. And then he's going he's to get bored and he's going to go find someone else. Hmm. So what type of home did you grow up in like what kind of love did you see in your between your parents because this plays a huge role in how your patterns played out and who you are now yeah I mean I mean I have I grew up in I have both parents both my mother and father are still alive they're still married um, they've been married for geez what over 50 years now um, and they're probably like a I mean, the younger, the younger days when I was very young and they were very young, obviously, um, there were some rocky years where they had a lot, they fought a lot, but, um, I mean, they're still together 50 years later and they're more in love now than they were when they were first got together. So that's pretty incredible. So I said, I had pretty good role models when it came to, um, mother and father marriage and being brought up in a loving family. That's why it was very. It was always very confusing for them. They couldn't. They couldn't. They couldn't figure out what the hell was wrong with me because I kept screwing up all my relationships, and two failed marriages and long term relationships. And they're like, "What the hell is wrong? With, what's wrong with him?" <laughs> right. So, do you think that because you grew up in a like loving, you know, your parents are still together, you were chasing what they had, trying to find it in every relationship, and when it wasn't there. Like, do you think that played a role? Because that's the kind of 
picture that was painted for you and you thought that like you could just find the girl and that was going to be it and then it, what it wasn't you just jumped from relationship to relationship trying to get that picture painted for you in your own life yeah like I was considered like a lot of my relationships I would consider I was more like the hopeless romantic where I met a girl and everything was awesome at the beginning and it was like you know this girl comes along and she starts paying attention to me and she likes me and you know we have sex right away and you know everything's awesome for the first three months and then when you really get to know the person you're now you're living together you're stuck with them and you actually don't really like each other mm. but now you're kind of committed to each other and but yet so when I was in those relationships at the same time I'm still thinking in my head trying to chase to find that same relationship my parents had where I'm like I know it exists I just kept looking for it. In all the wrong places. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> for how many failed relationships I had, and just I never really gave up. So do you think that maybe, and maybe I want you to reword this, they weren't failures, they were learning lessons. Because you... Yeah, you could look at it that way for sure. I mean, if I hadn't gone through all of those, all of those um, experiences and relationships, I wouldn't be sitting here with you today. And you wouldn't be the person you are today. And I wouldn't be the person, absolutely, that I was today. So after two marriages, and I will be the third <laughs> soon, um, why me? Why you? Yeah. <laughs> it's my podcast, I can ask these questions. What about me? And, I mean, I've seen your letter of to yourself on manifesting your dream woman and I have looked at that list and I'm like that is me you're right that is me but like what about me drew you to me first like that kept you like hanging on and you proposed after five months <laughs> <laughs> well obviously the first thing because men are very visual was your looks because you you ticked all the boxes when it came to what I was looking for what a woman looks the woman that I wanted in looks but more importantly was how you were so focused on yourself as um, self-improvement. Um, you were very, um, very driven, enthusiastic about your own like self-entrepreneurship and about being self-employed and your whole aspect on life that way when it comes to finances and business and where you wanted to go. You had you had your own goals and dreams. You had your own outlook on life. Um, and you're fun to be around and we had a lot of similar interests that way. I think you and I have very similar values and that was the key too. Like We both have very similar values when it comes to uh, eating healthy and taking care of our bodies and um, constantly self-improving and looking for new ways to do things and new business ventures or, you know, there's, that to me was a big attraction because well, all my past relationships, that was very lacking mm. when it came to the core values. Um, so that was a big difference for me was, was your core values aligned with mine. Early on, we did the the five love languages quiz. This was like, yeah. I don't even think I don't even think we were officially dating yet. But like, I think you asked me about it, and I was so pumped that you knew about it because I feel like this book needs to be read or the quiz needs to be like done before you even like get engaged. Like it needs to be a manual that they give to you with an engagement ring. Like you need to know what your partner's love language is before you get like really serious and committed. Yours and mine are not the same, except for one of them are the same. Do you think that that was like, do you know what mine, do you remember what mine are? Yes. Yours was, uh, number one was words of affirmations. Yeah. And then uh, was it quality time? Yes. Yes. And your is, yours is physical touch and quality time. Yeah. Which I think my physical touch, and I think this is like for most women is like lower on the list, but men's are usually number one or two. Do you think that that plays like 
because for me, I always keep that in the back of my head when I'm doing things or, you know, whatever it is coming to our relationship. Do you think that plays a huge role in why we are where we are with like the way we feel about each other? Well, we, because we understand that about each other, it has made a, a big difference in our relationship. But um, the physical touch part, I would say most men, the physical touch is very high on the list. And that's how men are programmed to... So ladies, understand this. Even if you are not high on the physical touch part in a relationship, men feel loved by being touched. Yes, and it doesn't it doesn't necessarily mean sexual either. No, it doesn't have to be sexual. But at the same time, if you're not giving your man sex, he's not gonna feel loved. Plain and simple. That's how men operate. And women are completely different. Where women don't necessarily need to have sex to feel loved. They need the words of appreciation or they need the gifts or they need to be touched, but they not in a sexual way. Mm-hmm. They need to have you know, they need to feel like emotionally need, connected. They need to feel that love. But for men, they're wired. They feel the emotion. They feel the love through sex. So if they haven't had sex in a couple of weeks, they're going to start to feel like, oh, what's going on? She doesn't like me anymore. Like, she doesn't love me anymore. Right. And women, if they aren't having sex with their partners, there's something more, like, internally going on, I feel like. The men is not responding to them emotionally. So I think the way that they people need to understand how to respond to that is through communication, which a lot of couples have a hard time doing. But mm-hmm. this is like number one, like thing you need to really ensure that you continue to initiate into each, into your relationship. And I think for my past relationships, I think I've been pretty shitty to be honest with you with communication because I have been scared of conflict or, how they're going to respond or mainly because I just don't care to say anything. And I just feel like that's not going to solve anything. At the end of the day, it will. And I think if we have had instances where I have said straight up, I don't feel loved lately. And where you feel like you have been doing a good job, but you wouldn't know that unless I tell you. And then that's okay. But if I were to continue on, which I have done in previous relationships, Weeks and weeks and weeks saying ignoring you or feeling like not loved by you and giving you the cold shoulder or ignoring you or not being intimate with you, you would think there's a deeper issue when I could just say, I don't feel loved. You need to do more. Where you can just turn around and just be like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I've just been preoccupied or like wherever it is. It could just be like a simple thing because we have had these conversations and more communication needs to be made to just like interrupt that like thought process so that we can continue on in our loving relationship. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, communication is huge, Mm -hmm. which I haven't had very successfully in past relationships, but I think, I think with you and I, we've been very open on pretty much Everything. Like, I... Everything. Yeah. And when you consider the top three things that everyone always argues about in relationships and marriages is money, sex, and kids. Mm. It's always going to be money, (laughs) sex, or kids are the top three things that couples always argue about. So if you're completely open about money and you're not hiding purchases from each other and secret bank accounts and all this bullshit it's you're very open about money and you both have a very clear direction of where what your goals when it comes to money right right from the get-go you and i were very i was very open with you with money right the get-go you were like from the like almost very beginning yeah i didn't want to hide anything where i was like this is this is what it is this is what the goals are and we both you and i were kind of on the same page with it and then even, even with sex, you know, I don't think every, everyone doesn't have a perfect sexual relationship. I don't think it exists, or maybe it does, but I mean, it only exists if both partners work at it for years and they are very op- talking openly about it. But I mean, you just talk about sex and if there's issues on either side of the party if you just openly talk about it it usually just works itself out yeah and i feel like that's where communication comes in because if like 
save the men because I'm going to always go back to the men because this is just how it works, initiates and the woman doesn't feel like it and she kind of like shrugs it off and she's like, doesn't say what's actually going on. Like, oh, I don't feel like it tonight because I have to get up early versus like, fuck off, stop touching me. That could be like responded in two very different ways, which doesn't need to be done. That's a big... So that particular topic, I just want to touch on that so because I've experienced that before where when a man, like I, like I said earlier, a man needs that physical touch and sexual to feel loved. So if he's constantly initiating it and she's constantly denying him, eventually he gets tired of being rejected mm. and the humili- humili- <laughs> humiliation between with that, he just gives up. Right. Because he's like, why do I even bother need to initiate it? Because she's just going to reject me anyway. So when that happens, it spirals into where you go weeks or months without having sex. And then all of a sudden it turns into a fight where she's like, well, you never, you don't even, you know, you're not even attracted to me. You don't, you don't initiate sex with me. He's like, what are you talking about? Like, whenever I do, you don't even like, let me, Yeah. like, we don't, we don't go for it. Like you, you always turn turn me down. you, You always turn me down. So that's where it's like the whole men feel men feel very demasculated when women reject them when it comes to sex. Mm. Sorry, I was taking a drink. What are we drinking? It's a red wine. What is it called? Um, <laughs> I don't even know what I say. It's Italian. <laughs> Lobetti? Lobetta? Okay. It's an organic wine. I'm pretty sure it's from maybe it's from. Where where is it from? Spain, sorry. Oh, it's good. Anyway, I don't... It's L-O-B-E-T-I-A. It's good. It is good. So, what do you... What are your things that you really want to concentrate and focus on in our relationship that maybe you haven't in previous relationships that will make ours long-lasting and successful first and foremost we both need to make sure that we work on ourselves individually um, I think that's going to be most and very very most important that kind of that a that will kind of get rid of the whole codependency thing mm-hmm. so this whole codependency thing where you're relying on someone else for your own happiness and so you, you need to have everyone, you know, whether it's the male or female, they need to have their own um, things in life that fill their basket of joy. Whether, whether it's a hobby or something, whether something simple about taking an hour of their other day to drink the coffee in the morning and read a book. Or like for me, I do like going out and doing photography and if it's for a couple hours a week. Each person needs to have that and focus on their own because you can't you really you can't give love to somebody else when your own love basket is empty Mm -hmm. so and you can't rely on someone else to make you happy and that's where a lot of relationships I think really fail as they they feel that the other person needs to make them happy and that's completely wrong yeah you need to be fill your own basket and be happy and then the relationship will flourish flourish from that Mm. What else? What else? Yeah. Um, communication. So feeling, being, being our own people, making sure our own happiness baskets are full separately, not as I need you to fill my basket, but then communication is to say, you know what, to say to each other, say like, you know, I'm not feeling too good today. Like I'm not, I'm not myself or this is what's going on in my head or or the way you said this really hurt me or yeah or like you know like I don't like how you did that or yeah just open communication mm-hmm. or like hey I bought I spent 500, <laughs> 500 bucks today there's no when Amazon box shows up you know what like just the open communication that way um, so where where are all the men for all the single ladies that are listening, because I know that they're all on Tinder or Hinge or I don't even know what other dating apps there are, but where are all the men? They're, they're, do not fret. 
there still is men out there, but you have to be very selective. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, like I said, uh, all the cards are stacked against men nowadays, where they were brought up in a bad home, they weren't taught how to be a man. Um, society's telling them that they're not allowed to be men because it's called toxic masculinity and you can't kiss a woman when you want to kiss her and you can't make the first move and all that stuff so but those but there are still men that are out there they just need a little bit of encouragement um what the women what you women really have to do is get clear on the man that you want and like i said earlier is physically write it down and I'm not talking typing it. Well, you could type it on your computer, but mm-hmm. you literally have to type it on a Word document or write it down and get very clear on what you want in a man from, even if you want to be what he looks like, but what are his core values, um, who he is and his mannerisms and be, his behaviors and all the things that you really want in a man, get clear on that. And then ask yourself, am I the woman right now that's going to attract that man? Because... It's very easy to say that we want this knight in shining armor and he's he's going to be have all these things, but really look at yourself in the mirror. You're like, are you this woman today that's going to attract this ideal man that you want? And I would think probably for maybe seven out of ten people, you're not. Right. Because it goes back to the same as like, if you're looking for, you know, a wealthy man, those wealthy men are looking for wealthy women. Right? So are you a wealthy woman? Yeah, like... You want a man who's got a lot of money and he's, you know, he's successful. He's probably not going to be looking for someone who's, you know. Doesn't care about themselves. Doesn't, yeah, doesn't care about themselves or it's, it's a real reflection on yourself. And that was a big turning point for me that completely changed my life. And why you and I are together today is because I looked at that person on the paper and said, am I the person that's going to track that person that I want? And I wasn't. And as soon as you figure out who that person is that you want to attract, and then you say, okay, who's the person that's going to attract that person? You need to become that. So whether it's reading books, uh, working out, eating better, um, taking courses, doing something, taking a hobby, just even being alone for some people, like it was for me, just being alone for three to six months on my own and figuring out who I was as a person made a huge Huge improvement in my life. Hmm. Name me or share three of the top books that you would recommend to men out there. Oh, to men? Yes. So. Because you've read, you've read quite a few and I, yeah, share them. Number one would be Sovereignty by Ryan Mickler. Um, that book completely changed my life. Um. There's a movement out there called Order of Man. Um, he has a podcast and a YouTube channel and whatnot. And he speaks about a lot of the things that I brought up earlier when it comes to fatherless homes and what has happened to um, men and men's sovereignty in, in life. So that book, that book right there completely changed my outlook on life as a man. So Sovereignty by Ryan Mickler. Second would be uh, Wild at Heart by John Elrich. That was an amazing book as well. There's a lot of religious uh, wording in that book, um, but at the same time, it was it was a really good book. And then the third would be "As a Man Thinketh." Mm. I can't remember the author. I can't remember either. But it's a very small book, um, easy read. Uh, but as so, yeah, "As a Man Thinketh," um, "Wild at Heart," "Sovereignty." And I would even probably throw in a fourth one there just for like the spiritual manifestation side would be um, Dr. Wayne Dyer would be Wishes Fulfilled. Mm, that one's a good one. I yeah. agree. Yeah. Yeah. So as we wrap this up, because I think we're going on like, it's been a long time and I would love to do this again with you, but we're going to cut it we'll down. We'll do a part two maybe. Sometime. Yeah. Any final words that you want to leave on this podcast that will be some points of inspiration never give up on finding the person that you were meant to be with um keep looking but i've said it over and over again 
get very clear with who you want as a partner and then get very clear on being that person to attract that partner. Um, and don't have sex in the first, <laughs> in the first month or so with, uh, when you finally meet that person. Okay. Well, thank you for doing this with me. I love you. You're welcome. I love you too. I hope you enjoyed that episode. I invite you to join me every week as I openly discuss relationships and not just the fairy tale love story shit. I'm talking about the challenges, the hard stuff, and the things you must first face and discover about yourself before you can fully be with someone else. Love is Encanteled isn't just about the love for someone else, but the love for yourself. Really, it's about the love for yourself. And then exploring those challenges and behaviors and actions and patterns into somebody else. I'll share stories, interviews, and advice that no one asked for, but you need to hear. Thank you so much for your time and attention. We'll see you next week. And if again, if you enjoyed this episode, I would love it and appreciate it if you went to Apple Podcasts and left me a review. Thanks so much and see you next time. Thank you.